Running out of time. On the move. Coming back this way. Dancing and looking and directing traffic. And look at the length of this play. <laughs> Murray no, to the 10. Come on. To the 5. And he's going to convert it. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Greg Gumbel with the call last year on CBS. That would be week two of the NFL season. How do I know that? Because Ken and I were in Las Vegas and we sure bet were. on the Cardinals in that game and they were down 20 to nothing against Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. And then we live bet Arizona and then we live bet them again and live bet them again. And then Kyler had that very long play for the two point conversion that sent the game to overtime and the Cardinals would eventually win that game in overtime. It's amazing how like all we have to hear is a play by play call and instantly it's this was the game and here's what happened in our bet. I yeah. absolutely love it. And we didn't even uh, hear that call live because we were at uh, we were at Aria at the sports book, like without the volume, I think, on that game. Edgar! And Edgar, shout out Edgar and uh, and the crew. And still, like, you hear the... Because that was... It, it, yes, that two-point conversion, he, uh, you know, bought time and, you know, wasn't really under a lot of pressure and had, like, a you know, a million seconds to do whatever he was going to do. There were, like, ten plays like that in the game. So even if you heard that call and you didn't even hear the two-point conversion at the end, you'd be like, oh, the Raiders game. Because they, they couldn't possibly sack him ever, like in the entire second half. Uh, you know what that was? Uh, and credit to the great Iron Eagle, hashtag Murray Magic. Kyler Murray on yeah. that play against the Los Angeles. profitable. That was going to be the, uh, right. the, the, the magic would the magic would run out shortly thereafter for yeah. Kyler Murray and the and the Arizona Cardinals last season. But uh, maybe we've got some more magic in store coming up for the Cardinals in just a little bit here. We'll bring you the latest on Kyler Murray in just a second. But for our live audience, our listeners and viewers, Golf Bets is coming up in 20 minutes. Uh, why are we doing Golf Bets early in the show? Because the tournament this weekend is in Japan and it starts later tonight. So we want to get that out early in podcast form. So Golf Bets are coming up in 20 minutes. Rob Bazola, Brian Baldinger, Jeremy Roenick, Will Brinson, and Eric Eager are our guests on today's show absolutely cannot wait for it but a bit of a surprise today right and I, I guess like I had expected this to happen not that like I'm like clairvoyant or anything but I pay a lot of attention to fantasy player news like they think the expectation was at some point in the next like month or so the Cardinals were going to open the 21 day uh, window for Kyler to start practicing and be activated to the 53 man roster but it just kind of like came out of nowhere today where all of a sudden Kyler himself tweets that he's going to be practicing today the Arizona Cardinals official Twitter account tweets that Kyler is going to be practicing today Oklahoma football the, coll- the collegiate account retweets it and this starts getting shared everywhere right and we start texting about it Ken myself and like other members of our show crew it's like was, is he gonna play this weekend against Seattle like he's gonna practice today I think we've got more concrete kind of uh plans for Arizona here now Josh Dobbs is gonna play this weekend we have a quote from Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon saying he expects expects Dobbs to play and play well in the game as opposed to him saying yeah I think Dobbs is gonna stink it up and we're gonna get blown out but Dobbs is gonna start on Sunday on the road in Seattle and Kyler could play as early as next week for the Arizona Cardinals so we'll practice in full this week and next week and either play in week eight or maybe week nine but he's playing at some point here in the next three weeks he'll be back under center or you know uh, in the shotgun for because because he's my height for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals Uh, so not much betting implications here Ken for this game on Sunday against Seattle because it'll still be Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon will be the backup um, but we're going to see Kyler sooner rather than later, it feels like. The betting impact, please, in your estimation for Kyler Murray returning to Arizona. 
Uh, it's it's. I don't think it's a lot to start with that, although it is a really interesting piece of news. I was talking to a couple other people uh, a couple hours ago while I was like, kind of had like my rest time before the show. And usually I'll be like on my phone or on my phone, like laying down on the couch. and I'll just kind of be like running through a bunch of news stuff. All right. Like if that happens, like, what do I want to bet? Or if that happens, what do I want to bet? And so, you know, we, we knew this several hours ago that he was going to start practicing, but it was unclear when he was going to return. And then you started getting a little more information, a little more information, reached out to a few other people that bet and like some people that do season long stuff like I do some people that don't I was like does this make you want to do anything like like reading this even not knowing the week that he comes back like you know the gears start turning like what what do you want to bet like do you want to try to do you think stuff's going to move and you want to bet before it moves do you just want to like organically bet stuff because you think he's really good or you want to play on Arizona whatever and the consensus answer was like there's just not a lot, right? So, you know, like all the treetop futures are out of play, right? Arizona's not winning the Super Bowl. They're not winning the conference. They're not winning their own division. San Francisco's going to win that division. So like those are all, those are off the table right away. Then you look at uh, awards, like him being back, uh, you know, in this week, you know, I had one person be like, is there ever a chance he wins comeback player of the year? And I go, well, there's like a way it happens. I don't think it's really likely. You need all the other candidates right now to be really bad or to like not materialize and then he materializes instead and wins, you know, just because there's no one else and Hamlin keeps being inactive. We'll talk about all this tomorrow. I don't think it's like reasonable to expect him to play half a season and win, but this is a narrative driven award. Like I, I, I didn't think about that right away and somebody pointed it out and I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. So that is like, I guess one award application. You look at the Cardinals adjusted win total right now. It's four and a half. Uh, they have one win. And the schedule is absolutely brutal the rest of the season where like, even if Kyler's good and they play, I can't like guarantee you there's four wins on the schedule. Like, it's just not, it's just, it's possible, but it's not like, oh man, I got to go bet that right now. Like I was in our text chat being like, I wonder if somebody has three and a half, like maybe they dropped so much because they've been losing so badly, maybe three and a half, like, okay, I'll bet the over on three and a half if he comes back soon and like feel okay about it. Four and a half's juiced under basically everywhere and kind of like different juice depending on where you go. Okay. Like I was like, do I want to bet for Not really. Like the schedule's rough. Like I don't want to bet that. And so you kind of like you keep crossing everything off. You cross everything off. Okay, we, we know we don't want to bet the Seattle game this week because we know he's not going to play. And it seemed unlikely he would play anyway. Then the last thing, and this is something I did bet, and it hasn't really moved uh, really anywhere like with any like fervor, I would say. Just like some like very, very small action. I just want to make sure that's still true. Yeah, just like slight juice change basically on a bunch of stuff. Uh there's a look ahead market everywhere because in the NFL, there's always a look ahead market for the next week's games uh, where they will, the Cardinals will be at home against the Ravens, which you alluded to as maybe when Kyler comes back. Doesn't have to be. He could come back the next week. And the look ahead market almost everywhere is Ravens by seven and a half uh, on the road. And, you know, like it's not like, oh, well, if, uh, if Josh Dobbs plays, would you love this number? No, like I'd probably make this number about this, honestly, or maybe seven or something like that. Like I'd make, I'd make the Ravens a really big favorite in the game. But because the number is on that side of seven, like it's not six and a half or seven, it's seven and a half. Like to me, this is a really low risk proposition to just buy a lot of Cardinals seven and a half because like play it out, right? If they get throttled by Seattle, like they'll play out the worst case scenario, they get throttled by Seattle and uh, Baltimore beats Detroit and looks pretty good. Uh, and then like you, you go into this game, like, I don't think it's ever 10, which would be like the next key number that you would have to worry about in terms of like, if you wanted to buy out of the bet, like, okay, maybe it's eight. 
or something. Like maybe it's a little bit more than, but like you're always in this range. I think the only thing that hurts you, I guess, if Dobbs got hurt and Kyler wasn't ready to play, but that's a pretty narrow angle. Um, but, and so, okay. The risk is I think minimal spread. If Dobbs plays and even if the Cardinals lose this week, spreads always in that range. And uh, then you played out the other way. Okay. What's the reward? Uh, what if Kyler comes back and plays and I'm, this is not me saying like they'd win. I have no idea what would happen in the game. I talked to one person who said like, I'd be really pessimistic, like that he'd be any good in the first couple games and they could totally be right. But the market would change like a lot, probably on Josh Dobbs to Kyler Murray. It wouldn't change at all. Really? I think it would go through seven and out the other side, probably. And you'd get like six, six and a half or better. And I just seem, and like, so again, this isn't some like millionaire money-making opportunity. It just seems like a really low risk, high reward bet to make. I, there are very few ways that I'm in bad here. And there's like a bunch of ways that I can middle like six or seven, at least seven, if he ends up playing. So I took a bunch of Cardinals seven and a half. Now, like we have six and a half on the screen. I think that's the MGM look ahead. It's seven and a half in a lot of places. Like that's, that's what you would want. Cause six, like you hear like six and a half, like you're like, what are you going to try to middle? Like there's no like key number that you're around that helps you seven and a half. You're on one side of seven. I think you can get to the other side. So a little long winded explanation. That was the only bet that I made when I saw the potential that he could come back next week. It just seemed like a low risk kind of a thing. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a wonderful football Wednesday talking Kyler Murray's like imminent return to the Arizona Cardinals. Like nothing really else going on here though, from a betting perspective, right? With Kyler Murray. I mean, what I don't, I don't know what, uh, I guess the other thing would be, in addition to betting the Cardinals, you could bet the over in the game because the Cardinals point projection, and it's a 43 and a half. So under like a Baltimore. total key number of 44 against Baltimore. Um, Baltimore has a really good defense this year, like one of rated as one of the best in the league, obviously. So it's not like this is, again, some like great opportunity, but one side of the seven to the other, I think is like kind of interesting. And again, this isn't, we're not, you know, this isn't uh, openers that are going to materialize eight months from now. This game's in 10 days. <laughs> like you're, we're, you're going to, we're going to know the resolution to this bet very fast, which is one of the other reasons why it's appealing. I'll, I'll tell you what, like if it's Kyler's ready and we can either hold him out for another week and play him in week 10 or, or week nine rather, or play him in week eight, I'd rather play him in week eight. Did you see who, the, who they're playing the week after? Like what the schedule has for Arizona? I mean, just just because you're saying that, I'm gonna. Is it like San Francisco again or something? Just because I'm uh, guessing. It it is. I I literally had a. I think it's. I think they're at Cleveland in oh, the uh, week after. One of who who everybody by the way this week now is like this is one of the best defenses of all time. Is like now what's being tweeted about the Cleveland Browns or zeded about them. Yeah. So, so yeah, you I see that in a lot of places. I don't know if I'm there yet on like on that thought on Cleveland's defense, but, but the you've seen the, the, some good. of the analytics stuff on them, like getting getting other teams off the field. They're the best of all yep. time at like getting stopping drives and stuff. There's like all kinds of cool stuff going on with them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so if you have the choice, you'd probably rather play him in that game against Baltimore than you would against the Cleveland Browns. We do have like a piece of semi-breaking news in the NFL, just to, like get it into the show. The Jets are trading Mecole Hardman back to Kansas City. They signed him like to be like the, one of a deep threat for Aaron Rodgers. And then Rodgers got hurt and now Hardman never plays. And now he goes back to Kansas City. Uh, here's my quick fantasy impact on this. <laughs> Maybe it's like MVS is dead now, and MVS has already stunk for the Kansas City, so I don't think this like means anything for anything, but it happened, and it's NFL news, so figured we would get it into the Good show. Good flyer right. for the Chiefs, right? Like, they need wide receiver depth anyway. Might as well, like, kick the tires on him being back. I can, like, I can give you, like, a decent, like, fantasy answer to that question. It's, it's you know, like, MVS and Sky Moore are giving you 
actually they're negative players. They're on the field a lot. They don't command targets. When they get targets, they don't do anything with them. MVS, I don't think, has been targeted more than three times in any game this year. He's Kansas City's, like, nominal deep threat. So maybe, like, Hardman can be a little better than MVS. Also, like, the Chiefs let Nicole Hardman walk. So they don't, I don't think they thought that much of him, and they signed MVS two years ago to a deal, like, to basically replace Nicole Hardman while Hardman was still on the roster. So, yeah, like, I guess it's possible. Like, we could bet, like, Hardman anytime touchdown bets are probably long prices. He'll probably get two targets a game, and they'll both be, like, way down the field because that's he's a one-trick pony, and that's his one. The one thing that he does like, reasonably well is run fast. But, uh, yeah, I don't really think it has it has much impact. And for the Jets, it has zero impact because, you know, he wasn't playing anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Uh, okay, I think we're good on Kyler. So I think we can get to uh, some actual like line movement here, Ken, for week number seven in the National Football League. So we'll have a little bit of time here. We'll roll through Thursday Night Football at least and maybe one other game. Uh, Jake, take it away with it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. I think it moved. It moved. There is one piece of the, uh, just the Hardman thing quickly, that Xavier Gibson is probably going to be play more for the Jets now with Hardman out. He's been good. He was the hard knock star. He had the punt return in week one against the Bills. So, Ken, this is fairly serendipitous because we're going to talk the Jaguars and the Saints on Thursday Night Football now. And we have an injury report for Jacksonville. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been released. And Trevor Lawrence is officially listed as questionable. Lawrence is questionable. Zay Jones will not play in the game, so they'll be down like their third receiver. Kirk and Ridley will start on the outside. Jamal Williams is questionable for New Orleans. Not that that really matters. Running back behind Alvin Kamara. But the big news here, Ken, Trevor Lawrence listed as questionable. Uh, I'm sure you have your odds screen up. Is anything happening right now? Like, where do we stand right now with the Saints and the Jaguars here literally in real time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a couple minutes to really see if there's going to be anything built into the market to account for a questionable tag when we already had a lot of reporting already that, you know, there's some chance he may not play, but he also practiced and, you know, talked to the media and his coach talked to the media. So we, we know for, for not knowing whether he's going to play, we do know like a good amount about the situation. And uh, as of right now, the market's pretty quiet on the game that, you know, 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes from now, maybe that's not true. Uh, also like we're not near any key number at all. The saints are consensus one point favorites in the market right now. For, for a, a, a not key number like one, there's like a remarkable uniformity to all the sports books. Like they literally are all one. Usually in that case, like the Jags will be one in some play. They'll be pick and something be two. No, it's like one, 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 one. It's like some kind of binary point spread. And, uh, and I, I don't think you're going to get a big pop off of this listing. I could be wrong. Like maybe the Saints go to one and a half or two or something like that. But I don't think they're getting to three. Because if they get to three and then he plays, everyone's betting Jags plus three, like as fast as humanly possible. And I don't know if you want to take that risk um of getting front run by like people who would know and that's a really key number so i think we're going to stay in this range could be wrong uh the total has stayed the same basically the entire week um bouncing back and forth about a half point on the lawrence news 39 and a half 40 40 40 and a half something in that range and that's where we are right now it is worth noting the Jaguars signed Nathan Rourke, their third quarterback, to their 53-man roster, um, which does not necessarily mean bad things for Trevor Lawrence's availability. Rourke, if Lawrence is active in place in the game, would be the emergency third quarterback. So if Lawrence has to leave and then C.J. Beathard gets hurt or has to exit the game, then Rourke could come in under the NFL's emergency quarterback rule. So I don't know that that, again, like that, we should read too much into Rourke being added to the active roster. Uh, we will let you know over the course of the program today if we have any line movement here on this game with Jackson 
Jacksonville and New Orleans. Again, Lawrence is questionable. The Saints holding right now as one-point home favorites on Thursday night against the Jags. A lot more NFL coming up over the course of the show, but because the Zozo starts later tonight, we will bring you our golf bets for that tournament coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.